0: Welcome to Mastering Herbalism with Bob Lindy of the Traditions School of Herbal Studies, in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. This podcast raises the bar for anyone who has an interest and excitement for herbalism, everyone from the beginner to the practitioner. I hope you join us to explore the exciting world of herbal medicine. You can learn more about us at TraditionsHerbSchool.com and AccuHerbals.com today's episode, we have a special guest, Trisha Perez from Mama's Essentials. She's an herbalist who specializes in thyroid function and working with people using herbs, diet, stress management, all of those important lifestyle things to make sure that her clients' thyroids and all of our thyroids stay healthy and balanced. Of course, I always got to say, please consult your herbalist, naturopathic physician, medical doctor, acupuncture physician, or some other set of interesting letters for your personal health journey. And nothing I say is approved by any federal, state, or local government agency and does not constitute medical advice, but my guess is your great-grandmama would probably approve. So welcome, Tricia. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, I won't read your whole bio because we would run out of time, but I will briefly say that you're the director of Tradition School of Herbal Studies here in St. Pete uh, and keeps me out of trouble. Uh, You managed to keep us organized, and um, you also teach anatomy and physiology for the herbalist. That's an ongoing uh, monthly series, and you also created a couple of really interesting classes like physical exam for the herbalist, Um, and it's kind of bringing all your skills and training and experience together. You, you used to work as an athletic trainer uh, for college sports teams, uh, taking care of pretty much everything that those athletes needed. Um, you taught at both the high school and college levels. And of course, you know, you graduated from the two year Western herb program here at the uh, Traditions Herb School. And most importantly, you see clients here at the clinic. So welcome, Tricia. Let's let's go ahead and talk about some thyroid stuff.
1: Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, I sure thing really honored for when you asked me to come in. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I know you help everyone who comes to see you for help and any number uh, of chronic and acute issues, but I know you really have a passion for the thyroid. I think it's one of your favorite subjects. Um, So what brought you to really focus in on this particular issue?
1: Okay, so... This will be probably the longest part, my (laughs) longest answer to this, because it's a personal story that brought me to focusing on the thyroid. But when I was thinking about the podcast, I realized it was just over six years ago that I got really sick. Um, And... I th- I want to tell my story because a lot of people, specifically women, especially, have symptoms for thyroid dysfunction and it goes undiagnosed for sometimes a decade because they don't recognize what's going on and their doctors don't recognize. So it started for me. Um, I'll I'll back story. I'm an athlete and it sounds weird saying that this as a middle aged woman, but I'm an acrobat and I I uh, practice partner acrobatics. And a little over six years ago, I was training and. Was training probably eight hours a day and had my regular soreness, and then I realized a month later it had never gone away, um, and then I started to not be able to even do one push up, and I my resting heart rate wouldn't go below a hundred, and my heart rate usually is in the fifties. Um, I, as you know, we work together lots, and we kind of fight over the thermostat in the office and in the clinic. And I run really cold normally, and I was running extremely hot. I was sweating through my clothes. I couldn't put my foot on the brake pedal of my car at a red light without my leg trembling. I wasn't sleeping. I was in constant pain, and I knew that something was the matter. So I went to see my doctor, um, who is fantastic, and she looked at me and said, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) I said, yes, that's why I'm here. And she ran... Really, every test that you could possibly run for me. My liver enzymes came back so, you know, off scale that she had me retested for hepatitis. And thankfully, that was negative. And it came back as thyroid, um, hyperthyroid. And that's where I started with my journey of figuring out how to get better. And it honestly took years for me to get better. Um, I, I've, I'm on probably endocrinologist number five. And I went through dealing with changing every aspect of my lifestyle to get myself well. And today, I I won't say that I'm cured because I don't know if we can be cured from autoimmune thyroid, but I'm in remission. I'm not on any medication and I'm feeling great and everything in my life is functioning really well. Uh,
0: that's amazing. And I know, you know, both of us hear that similar story from so many people you really lucked out that you had a doctor who heard you, which is too rare, unfortunately. And maybe later we'll, I know I've heard a few of your stories about your interesting run-ins with doctors. We'll save that (laughs) for later. Okay. Um, But, you know, it it is important for everybody listening that really it is a journey of, you know, getting a clear understanding of what's going on and then choosing the right unique approach for that individual. But, you know, For so many people listening, you know, we talk about from beginner to expert. Um, Let's do a little background. What is that pesky little gland we call a thyroid and what's it do for us?
1: Okay. So the thyroid is really an important gland. It 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 regulates so many different functions in our body. It's on the front of our neck. It's a butterfly-shaped gland on the front of our neck. And people think of it as... It regulating your metabolism. So if you're hypothyroid, and you're doing everything right and eating clean and exercising, people continue to gain weight. And if you are hyperthyroid, you can be doing everything right, or even everything not right and lose weight continuously. And that's what people think of the thyroid is. And it's an important part of it. But it regulates your heart rate, it regulates your digestion, it regulates your brain function, it regulates your sleep cycle, your menstrual cycle, your, your body temperature, it, your muscle function, it regulates almost every other system in the body. And a lot of times that's missed and people go to the doctor with all of these complaints and they end up leaving with a prescription for an antidepressant instead of ways to improve their thyroid.
0: And, you know, uh, looking at some of the the signs and symptoms, and I'll throw in our Latin, hyper means overactive, hypo means underactive, um, but what's it look like? So, you know, some you gave us some of your symptoms for that overactive thyroid. Um, what kind of symptoms might we associate with one or the other? And maybe even, you know, I know doctors will test the TSH. What exactly is that, and... What might other warning signs we see for hypo or hyper?
1: Okay, so we'll talk about the test first since you mentioned that and then what symptoms look like. Three main thyroid hormones um, would be TSH, and that's actually not coming from the thyroid. It's coming from your brain, your pituitary gland and that hormone is called the thyroid stimulating hormone, and it tells the thyroid what to do. And then T3 and T4 are um, produced by the thyroid, and that regulates all of your body functions. So um, they're in opposition with each other. So if you are hypothyroid, your T3 and T4 are very low, and then your TSH would be very high because it's trying to tell your thyroid to do better. Um, And then the opposite, if you're hyperthyroid, thyroid. Um, And so symptoms are essentially opposite each other for lots of things. Um, For body temperature, for people that are hyperthyroid, they tend to run really, really hot. And hypo, they run really cold. For digestion, people that are hyperthyroid, their food literally runs through them. Bowel movements to losing weight very, very quickly. I know in a, a span of two weeks, I lost 10 pounds, which is not you know, that's a lot of weight for me. Um, People that are hypothyroid tend to hold onto their weight. Heart rate for people that are hyperthyroid runs really fast. Um, With either one, Reproductive function doesn't work properly. Um, for women, menstrual cycle isn't regulated. Sleep is a, a tough one for a thyroid function because sleep is required for your thyroid to function well, but a thyroid dysfunction causes people in either direction not to be able to sleep properly. And um, stress levels affect your thyroid function, but also thyroid dysregulation makes people um, it, it, I'm trying to think how to describe this, but it it affects people's mental health. It causes anxiety and irritability on either end of that spectrum, but most people present with losing or gaining too much weight um, with temperature that's not regulating sleep and mental health issues as well.
0: It's funny, in Chinese medicine, we, we see the hypo more commonly, we call it kidney yang deficiency, where that cold, that, that mm-hmm. slow metabolism, things like that. And I I know one of my favorite signs that I always look for just generally for thyroid uh, dysfunction is that missing outer third of the eyebrow is my big tell that I pull a rabbit out of the hat and ask people to go get testing for it. And in uh, Chinese medicine, we see the hyper is more often some sort of excess heat. And we see that. So that cold and deficient and lax condition for hypo and that uh, excess heat type of, uh, disorder for the hyper. Um, so probably the most important thing it's like, does this just magically happen? Your thyroid craps out or what makes it go out of whack?
1: So many things, but I'm going to add to what you said with the eyebrows, the outer third. Hair loss is also pretty significant with either hyper or hypothyroidism. I know that my hair was coming out in clumps. A lot of my clients, it happens that way too. But unfortunately, medication that uh, people go on for thyroid dysfunction, that also causes hair loss as well. So people don't know if they're healing or not when they're on the medication because hair loss is happening either funny, way. I didn't know that. Yeah, it happens either way. Um Remind me, what was your question yeah. again? <laughs> so what
0: causes the thyroid? Again? What causes it? So many
1: things. Um, so chronic stress is essentially the cause of most chronic disease in all people, and chronic stress does not spare the thyroid. So chronic stress would be a top one. Over keeping your body in fight or flight mode, is what causes your thyroid to dysregulate. Um, We can talk about the HPA axis if you want in just a second. Uh, Nutritional changes or nutritional um, deficiencies can cause thyroid dysfunction. Gluten can affect it. Environmental toxins, infections in the body like Epstein-Barr virus, things like that that can lay dormant and then flare once someone is stressed out. But I feel like the HPA axis, if you want to talk about that now, that's pretty important. Um, It's a big word for... Hypothalamic-Pituitary-Adrenal axis and what that—that's a mouthful. What What, the heck? HPA is easier to say, (laughs) but what that means is when your body is in chronic stress, your adrenal glands are putting out stress hormones constantly, and then eventually. Um, your adrenals can't put out those stress hormones anymore, and then all of your other body functions stop to fun- stop functioning as far as your reproductive system, your hormones, your digestion. Your body concentrates on keeping itself alive when it's an emergency, and all of your other body functions fall by the wayside. So chronic stress is usually the biggest one.
0: Yeah, I, I see the same thing for so many of our autoimmune disorders and yes. chronic disease that that seems to be it. And it's funny, there's so many ways to talk about HPA being a, a common one, sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, which has a direct correlation with that. And and it's always interesting how many things this cascade, because you, you mentioned nutritional deficiencies, and we see the production of stomach acid and the function of the digestive system is based on that HPA and uh, the, the sympathetic parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system. So we see that... Even if you're eating perfect, doing all the right stuff, everything healthy, but that long-term stress trashes your digestion, and now we end up nutritionally deficient, and next thing we see is your immune system's compromised, the the, the Epstein-Barr virus starts to kick up, the autoimmune disorders start to show up because everything's just out of whack and dysregulated, and it's a, it's a rough, rough cascade. And uh, one of the things I've said uh, the last five years, I don't care what anybody's belief system and it's been rough. Like, everybody's been a little more stressed out than we have in the past, and I see more HPA, sympathetic, parasympathetic disharmonies in the last five years than I have in the 20 years prior to that. And so, unfortunately, I think we're seeing an increase in autoimmune and chronic disease. And, you know, I always feel mean because... I think Western medicine has some real benefits. You get hit by a truck, go to the doctor, go to the hospital. You, you know, your appendix burst, you need surgery, you need antibiotics, I want pain meds, I want it all. But chronic disease, sometimes they really struggle with. And the lifetime of medications uh, for something like a thyroid dysfunction is kind of scary. And, you know, I was going to go off on another tangent, but... What is the mainstream treatment for thyroid disorders like hyper and hypo? How do they go after that from the regular MD stuff?
1: So for hypo function of any organ, it's much easier to treat because they substitute the hormone that is not functioning with a synthetic hormone. So if you're hypothyroid, most of the time they will put people on Synthroid or Armor, which is a more natural product to supplement the thyroid function that's not working so to supplement the T3, T4. Hyperfunction of any organ is a lot more challenging to treat. So what they do for hyperthyroid is they essentially kill the thyroid in an effort to stop the dysfunction and then put people on the hypothyroid medication for the rest of their life. And the way that they they kill it, they can either surgically remove the thyroid or they can um Ask you to drink a radioactive substance, and I remember one of my doctors said it's really easy. You just don't have to. You just can't be around anyone for two days because you don't want the radiation to, you know, spill out on them, and and it kills the it kills the thyroid, and then you are put on medication for the rest of your life.
0: I, I, I know nobody can see me. We're on a podcast <laughs> that I'm laughing, smiling because the concept of we're going to punch you in the thyroid and potentially cause this horrible long-term dysfunction with radioactive isotopes because it's easier for us to treat it, It is um, ridiculous, horrifying, and almost a comedy act if it wasn't true.
1: Yes, and we need all of our organs. They are really important, but also um, the thyroid is just the symptom. You know, the thyroid isn't the problem. It's a symptom of what else is going on in your body. So a lot of thyroid issues are autoimmune. So just because you remove the thyroid, it doesn't mean your immune system is going to just all of a sudden behave itself and um, not not attack something else. And when you have one autoimmune disease, you're much more likely to get another that's, autoimmune. That's what I was going to say. It's, yes. it's, it's like
0: playing whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm, and it's absolutely. very normal for people if you have one chances are in five or 10 years, you're going to have more yes. uh, autoimmune disorders and end up on an array of medications. Yes. Again, just trying to alleviate symptoms and make you barely functional, if if yes. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's always scary. And the the downside is it requires work to try to do it from a more natural means. and And that's not always easy for folks making changes. But you know, and yeah, we'll get to herb stuff in a second, but like, what are some of your favorite things to do from a lifestyle perspective to just generally help the thyroid, both prevention, like let's keep our thyroids kicking. Um, but also once people start to see the hyper hypothyroid, what kind of stuff do you like to recommend to folks?
1: Yeah, this is really important because often people will come to me and say, just give me an herb for this. And I get it. I've been there and you just want some, you just want to feel better. Um, but just taking an herb is not going to fix the problem at hand. So number one is managing stress levels and that's, easier said than done. There are some stress levels that we simply can't get rid of. We can't get rid of the children that we have that we are taking care of. Um, Not everyone can quit their job and stop doing the thing that they need to do to provide for their family. But the things that you can choose to do to remove from your life should absolutely be removed. And then we need to learn to adapt to the stress with some belly breathing, yoga, restorative, practices to calm down that central nervous system um, and put us more into parasympathetic. That's the number one thing is managing stress levels. And it's easier said than done, but it literally is life changing. And then diet is really important. I know um, gluten is a trigger for lots of conditions, and when I'm trying to feel this out with clients, I generally recommend that people try to go gluten-free for 30 days to see how it goes, and most people are not happy with me because it's really, really challenging. Um, Myself, as an example, I know that I used to have pain in all of my joints. It would hurt just to stand on the floor getting out of bed in the morning and I went gluten-free and I was really kind of mad about it because I love bread. And then we had Hurricane Irma and I had to not be gluten-free because I lost power for three weeks. And within two days, all of my joint pain came back. So it was a really unpleasant science project, but I I learned that gluten is an inflammatory you know, factor in my body and it's not for everyone, but diet is really important. Just the type of oils that people put in their body are important um decreasing sugar, decreasing alcohol, environmental toxins, my least favorite thing when I see go into people's homes and they have glade plugins everywhere or in doctors' offices, they're neurotoxins and they cause all sorts of trouble going off synthetic hormones like birth control pills, um, prioritizing sleep, which, is really, really challenging to do if you already have thyroid dysfunction, because by virtue of your thyroid not functioning, you're not sleeping, but to prevent any type of issue, sleeping is really important, at least seven hours a night. Um, exercise is important, but knowing how much to do, because if you overtrain, you put your body into fight or flight, and then that kicks off the whole HPA axis dysfunction, but moving your body strengthens your immunity as well. So finding that balance of what works for you. Those are some really important factors. And then also looking at are there underlying infections that you're dealing with? Does someone have old Epstein Barr virus that is flared up because they're stressed out? Can we support them that way with antivirals? So. Well, you are just no fun at all. Right? <laughs> I know. I always say, I'm sorry, I'm we taking gotta, your joy, but it will get better. Right. Stop drinking. Yeah. So I'm not the funnest person in the room when I see my clients, but usually, usually they're compliant. It it takes a long time, though, and I, I always tell them to give themselves some grace because no one could make all of these changes overnight, and beating yourself up because it doesn't go well is not going to make anything better. So we we take step in baby steps, and we'll meet every two to three weeks and add another piece to the puzzle.
0: Uh, and and that's it. It's it's a journey rather than, you know... Yes. And it, and it, it is tough, you know. We have behaviors and habits that we always have to give ourselves some slack. It's once we have you know, that neural pathway that says, this is how I tie my shoes, and to try to do it a different way the next day, is next to impossible, and so uh, yes. you know everybody should, uh, if you're listening, cut yourself some slack. You do the very best you can. You fall off the wagon. You get back on it as quick as you can. Absolutely, and, and do... you
1: will fall off the wagon. Yep. Everyone does, and that is okay. It's I, human.
0: I, I always joke about, I, I'm going to say 95% of my rheumatoid arthritis clients, it's a food sensitivity. Like yes. It's rare that I don't see that. It's usually gluten, and uh, I, I tell them, like, just stop gluten, 100%, and... I usually tell them two weeks, usually within three or four days. Their symptoms are dramatically reduced and, and basically in remission, as you say. We can't cure it. Yes. And I see them back on my schedule six months later. They're like, it came back. I don't know what to do. I was like, so did you? eat some gluten. They were like, well, yeah, it was my birthday, cake and pizza. And I was like, okay, stop it. Give me 70 bucks. You know? it's <laughs> and, true, Yeah. And that's mean, but like we all need that support, uh, you know, in the same way we had somebody going through uh drug or alcohol addiction and understanding that, you know, that AA concept or NA concept of one day at a time. And we need support as we try to change our behaviors and do the right thing. And, you know, it's more socially acceptable for me to push a cookie on you. Yes, (laughs) absolutely.
1: And it's hard to say no to that. And I would say for people that... People struggle with the food choices, especially yeah. eating in public settings. I know that I went through the AIP diet to get better, and it's basically you steal all the joy from your life. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is eliminated, and then you put it back in, and it was really hard to eat in public settings. So,
0: And, and okay, you said the AIP. What's AIP? It's
1: autoimmune protocol. Thank so you. <laughs> essentially you're taking out um, sugar, alcohol, dairy, nuts, nightshades. seeds, yeah. nightshades, <laughs> everything. And it's really challenging and people have trouble going out and eating in public. So my advice for that when they stay worry home. about that, be, <laughs> not stay home. I mean, you could do that. But um, going to public places, I always say bring food to share and bring enough, bring something that you know that you can eat and you will enjoy and you can share with other people. So you always have something to eat and eat before you go because you don't want to feel isolated right. because that's miserable. But finding the positive and that silver lining and is really helpful.
0: Awesome. So, you know, and we could go on for hours on this, and I was like, no, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Um, but, like, you know, this is an herb broadcast. So um, talk about some of the herbs or herbal combinations that are common that you use in uh, the realm of thyroidy stuff.
1: Okay. And I'm going to say this with a caveat, that I, in my online store and in the shop, I never sell my herbs. Herbal products for hypo or hyperthyroid without consulting with someone because you can make someone very sick and put the thyroid going the wrong direction, Um, and especially with hyperthyroid, if you're not managing it correctly, it can be fatal. So you don't want to send someone into a thyroid storm and kill them. So that would be bad. Me recommending these, I under no circumstances want people to go and do this on their own. I want them to work with someone that's trained, and that's super important to say. Um, But as far as Thyroid herbs. I really like bugleweed for hyperthyroid to decrease high. Hy- um, sorry, decrease thyroid hormone production. And I also like motherwort because hyperthyroid comes with heart palpitations frequently, and motherwort works really nicely to calm down those palpitations. On the other end of that, for hypothyroid, I like um, Google G U G G. U L not Google the computer <laughs> um, program. I don't know if it's a program, but whatever Google is, the the empire. The evil um, overword. <laughs> yes, um, and bladderac is another one. Oh, the that, seaweed. Yes, the seaweed. I really like that because you want to, you know, support the iodine function as well, and those are two thyroid specific or for thyroid-specific herbs, but it's really important to get adaptogens in there because usually if someone has thyroid issues, their stress levels are through the roof. So you want to be able to support people through their journey and formulate with adaptogens and adaptogens if people don't know they help us adapt to stress Um, ashwagandha is a really nice one if people don't have a nightshade sensitivity i don't usually start people out with that because i don't usually people don't know if they have a nightshade sensitivity i like lemon balm um, for people that are hyperthyroid holy basil is my absolute favorite for everyone and everything and it just makes everything feel better um so there are there are tons of adaptogens that people can use and you just need to figure out do they need them for a little bit more energy do they need them for sedating do they need them for sleeping to target what it is that each client needs but you always want to do things in formulation and don't don't just blindly take you know, don't take bugleweed for hyperthyroid or Google for hypothyroid and think that that's the end of it.
0: Yeah, it's if, if anybody listened to our last episode, you know that the idea that unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view. Herbs are really popular right now, but unfortunately herbalists aren't. And that idea of looking at the individual, combining herbs together and adjusting over time... Yes. ...really becomes so important that there's no one-size-fits-all. And what you know I needed when I was 25 isn't what I need when I'm 45. And really thinking about working with somebody or ultimately a team of people, you know, you you mentioned uh, that, you know, you're on your fifth endocrinologist. And even though you're doing a phenomenal job, you're an expert in the field on thyroid stuff. It's good to have somebody else looking at your stuff. And I'm going to cheat right now. And I'm going to say, you have a few of your favorite stories that I've heard more than (laughs) once about some run-ins you've had with uh, a, a I'm gonna say just to keep it legal, I passed endocrinologists without names, that I know so many but you had such great luck in the front end of this problem so many years ago that you had a really good MD that you worked with who recognized some of the dysfunction, did the appropriate testing and and you know, helped you through this process. Yeah. But you've also had some less than ideal choices and gotten the feedback that I bet you so many of our listeners have had the same issue where they've gone to their doctor, they recognized a dysfunction, asked for help, and tell us those stories. Okay.
1: I'll maybe take you <laughs> through the gamut of the stories, but the first endocrinologist that I went to with all of the numbers that my primary care physician you know, had worked up for me and I went to him and he didn't even have a conversation with me he looked at my numbers and said these numbers are 13 times higher than what they should be i i don't recall seeing a case this bad we have to do surgery right away and have your thyroid removed and i said no thank you and he said well you're going to have to radiate it and it was there's no conversation it was this is what you have to do and he also gave me medication to suppress my thyroid function and i said thank you and i left and i called and i actually told the office that i thought he was rude and <laughs> that i wouldn't be coming back because there was no conversation there was not me as a person it was the numbers um and then they referred me to someone else in his practice that i really liked and she listened to me and worked with me on the fact that I didn't want to have anything permanent done to my thyroid. I did take the medication initially because it was really jarring how fast my heart rate was going just at rest and how my muscles couldn't function. And I knew that if I didn't do something in the short term, that it could be fatal. And, and
0: you know, that's important that like, I think medication's good because it can save our life. It can yes. uh, give us a little bit of peace and sanity. whilst we make the diet lifestyle changes, That can bring about that permanent change.
1: Absolutely. I am not anti-doctor. I'm not anti-medicine, but if there is a better way, I will always choose that. Um, And she was wonderful. And then she moved her practice to Jacksonville. And so I went through a few other people and I had one that we got along fine and I would tell him the things that I was doing and he would say to me, I don't really understand why it's working, but keep doing it and just keep me posted. And that was fine. And my, not a past my current endocrinologist, <laughs> cause he's the only one that my insurance plan will pay for. Um, <laughs> When I go to see him every six months, he tells me how great that I am doing. I go there for my blood work. And when I try to tell him the things that I'm doing, he stops me and says, nothing that you do matters. It's all in God's hands. Um, <laughs> and then I question him about why he is a doctor. If everything is in God's <laughs> hands, we go, a pastor. Right, <laughs> we go back and <laughs> forth. But we've developed a relationship over the past couple of years that I go in, I tell him how I'm doing. I, he says to me, okay, doc, what blood work do you want? I know you're in charge. And I say, okay, I tell him what I want. We kind of argue back and forth. And then I get the blood work that I want. And I feel like this is really important because one, most people don't know that if you don't like the care that you're getting, you can go somewhere else. It is your body and no one knows your body like you do. So it is okay to say, this isn't a good fit. And I'm going to go find someone else. And also understand that Understanding the test that you need and why is really important. I ask for my vitamin D levels each time I go, and we have an argument about that, and he says it's not necessary, and then I explain that vitamin D is really important for immune function, and I have an autoimmune disease, so I need to I need to pay attention to that. Um, also, because I have autoimmune hyperthyroid, which is called Graves' disease. The autoimmune hypo is Hashimoto's. There are antibodies that you want to test each time, and antibodies are a measure essentially of inflammation in your body. That is not direct science there, but how it feels in your body, it's a measure of inflammation in your body, and it's directly correlated to how well your thyroid is functioning. And I get those tested every six months because my – I think for hyper, for Graves' disease, I think normal is 140 and below. And my numbers were in the 700s for a while. And now when I go, they're around like 160. And I don't know if they'll ever be normal, but I – feel fine, and all of my other numbers are normal. So I get that tested every six months to make sure if something is awry that I can deal with it right away instead of wait until symptoms happen.
0: And, and I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I know this always comes up when people are asking questions about thyroid. You mentioned bladder because uh, it, it has iodine as part of any of our seaweeds. So what's the difference between eating some seaweed like bladderwrack versus let me go buy some uh a supplement of iodine? Is there risk-benefit, you know I know it's a huge controversy. Sorry, I'm just yeah, opening up a can I of worms and we're question. almost done. So <laughs> I am
1: going to first say iodine is really controversial for hyper or hypo. Any practitioner that you talk to will either love it or hate it. Um, I'm going to say I don't have a strong opinion on people that are hyperthyroid, whether or not they should supplement with it. But you want to have a form of iodine that is bioavailable. And when things are in capsules, it's really hard for our body to absorb it. Um, I don't love iodized salt. It's just a different process salt. I don't use that in my house. I use just a Himalayan sea salt. So if I want to boost my iodine, getting something that is organic and available to the body, like bladder rec, is a smart thing to do. And I... I want to leave it at that maybe because it's controversial, ah, okay but that. iodine yeah. is <laughs> essential to thyroid <laughs> function. I will say that.
0: <laughs> I know. We, literally that would be another hours yes. of, of conversation, but I think it's important to address it because yeah. we hear so much conflicting information about yes. iodine pro and con and everybody's right. Uh, and... and I don't
1: know if there is a right answer. It depends yeah. on every single person. Yeah. Honestly,
0: I, I agree. I agree. Um, and you know, I think it's important, you know, and, and we're times coming towards an end, but really recognizing that importance of diet and lifestyle, but also getting clear diagnosis from an MD, but also from that energetic standpoint of Western Chinese Ayurvedic doesn't matter. Um, and working with a professional to help guide you through all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, let's say we've sparked some interest in all of this. Um What can people do from here? You know, some of our folks are local in Tampa Bay area. I also I was looking at our stats the other day, literally from all over the world, which is exciting, you know, and a little weird. Um, But like, for folks who are not in this area, what might they do to kind of continue to learn for their own benefit or a loved one's benefit?
1: So I'll talk about a workshop that I'm offering coming oh, up yeah, really please. soon, but also simple things like prioritizing sleep, getting at least seven hours of sleep a night and and really sticking to that standard, um, making sure you're getting clean, whole foods into your body. Um, one of my Favorite scientist out there is Dr. Mark Kyman, and I love that he says, With the food you're putting in your body, are you upgrading or downgrading your biology? Mm. And I just think that's a great way to look at it. The food that you put in your body literally becomes your body. So, making sure I don't want to say one diet is better than the other, but eating whole foods that are ideally organic is really important. Managing or decreasing your stress levels is very, very important. Um, Managing, you know, the energies that you're around if you're constantly surrounded by negative things that can really upset your nervous system as well. But I am offering um, through traditions, a thyroid wellness workshop series that's starting in September, it's going to be three Thursday nights, one, the first one is September 21st. And it's not so much a lecture as a workshop. We're going to split up topics between the three different sessions. You can just take one session if you want, but we'll break down a lot of what we did here in deeper level, but we're also going to workshop it. There people are going to share out what their own experiences are and you're going to have homework to do to start to improve your thyroid function on your own. And then each time we'll come back and report back of how we did with the homework. I think accountability is really important, and I think empowering people to be able to take care of their own health is really important because your doctor your doctor sees you for maybe five minutes and you live in your body all the time and you – can be in tune to your body and know when things are going awry. So, if people are interested, I'm really excited about this workshop. I've done it um, a couple times before, but I'm excited to offer it this way. And it's going to be in person, but also on Zoom, so anyone can take it from wherever they're on Thursday nights at six o'clock. And it's really affordable for a reason, so people can come and access the information and then take that and. You know,
0: That's great, especially for those folks who are not in the Tampa Bay area. That um, And you can go to uh, TraditionsHerbSchool.com and find more information. It's up on the website already?
1: It should be up on the website. <laughs> it's on our registration website awesome. if you go to community classes. Yeah. But if it's not up there, yes, it's up there. Awesome. It was sent and, in.
0: <laughs> and, you know, we're here in St. Petersburg, Florida, and um, you're seeing clients here in the Tampa Bay region as well. Yes. Um and obviously, somebody wants to try a to, uh, more natural approach, uh, they can certainly schedule an appointment with you. But like, you know, I always say every herbalist kind of has a specialty, but we all see whatever. But I think there might be another specialty that you're a little passionate about. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Before? Yes. We'll keep that short. I know our time is limited.
1: Yes. My so. degrees before changing into this life as an herbalist are in sports medicine. So I really love to see people for... Orthopedic issues, pain issues, prevention issues, strengthening, uh, movement practice to make them well. That way, it's something I really enjoy, kind of molding those two lives together.
0: I I know, I for me, and I I know I've poked you a little bit about this. You know, for me as an acupuncturist, I usually see people they've, you know, five surgeries later, and you know, chronic pain. They're trying to avoid the uh, the opioids and things like that. But one of the things that I always think is great is when people see us like pre-surgical and then post-surgical to really support them through that medical procedure, that they still see the surgeon, they still uh, do their physical therapy, but that we help ensure that they have a better recovery and a more successful surgery and those kinds of things. And I, I know that's something that we talk about a
1: lot. Yeah, it's really important, just the strengthening aspect before and after surgery, but the herbal support as well is really important in getting their whole wellness picture just how it should be. So they're as strong as they possibly can going into surgery.
0: You know, I want to thank you so much for, you know, giving up part of your day and, and educating everybody about thyroid. Um, literally, we could go on for days, and I, I know our time is somewhat limited, so I appreciate you so much sharing so much of your your expertise and knowledge with all of the listeners here, and I'm sure this is going to be well-received, and maybe we'll sucker you into it one more time, and, and I hope we see a lot of those listeners uh, check out your upcoming work, workshop in a, in a couple of weeks. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun and I hope that we do have people in the workshop just learning more about how they can support themselves.
0: Heck yeah. And so I always like to do a shout out to all of my teachers and my heritage growing up in the Bahamas, uh, learning from no Boodle about some of the Caribbean medicine and my Chinese medicine teachers like Dr. Hai He Tian and Dr. Er Lee, my mom, of course, who forced me to learn all kinds of weird stuff like ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny, David Winston, my herbalist man crush, Rosemary Gladstar, and so many others. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed your time here with me and with uh Trisha. Uh, here at Mastering Herbalism with Bob Lindy at the Traditions School of Herbal Studies. Remember this podcast tries to raise the bar for everyone who has an interest and excitement in herbalism and you can learn more about the school or clinical practice at TraditionsHerbSchool.com and the clinical practice at AccuHerbals A-C-U-H-E-R-B-A-L-S dot com and our next episode we're going to do a deep dive um, at looking at herbal and alternative approaches to cancer so uh, we'll try to do this again next month and um, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel follow us on Facebook and all the other usual social media we're out there uh, doing something and uh, thank you so much for listening be well